One, two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Welcome to Red River number, I think we're up to 61. Never remember. Never remember. Red River, that's what it's called? Yeah. Red River Podcast. You got to send me uh, some stuff to promote it, man, once we're done with all this. No doubt. I'll send send you the right one, too, because apparently there's a uh, right-wing... Separatist movement in Canada yeah. that has a Red River podcast. So I'll make sure you I'll oh, the right goodness. one. <laughs> we just found that out. Yeah, that is like the weirdest right, cool. the weirdest thing ever. Like people like I I was, you know, we we have like the Facebook group with everyone and we talk like, you know, a bunch of movies and music and I started seeing all these people from from Canada you know, trying to join the group and I'm like clicking on their profile and they're all like separatists, like angry, like, I don't know, like conservative. No. And I was just like, yo, what's going on here? And I then I we were blowing up in another market, but yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought maybe... Can't you guys like add a number to your name or red river, you know, rockers or something to make it like different. Or is it like so established? You don't want to do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, one... they're more popular than us. So I'm, I'm actually thinking it could help us. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. If, if, if anything, if anything, off. yeah, if yeah. anything, we're winning. But um, yeah, we named it after Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, so that's why that random name, Red River Podcast. Gotcha. Um, that was the radio station in that movie. But that's the one where they made chili, right? Or where the yeah, the, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but, man. So um, you know, this show basically is we kind of like to get to know the artists. You know, they're like a superhero, their origin story, their influences, things that make them tick, you know what I mean? And, uh, and uh, you know, talk about what we like as far as music and films and stuff like that, well-rounded. But, uh, again, thank you for taking the time. How are you doing out there in L.A. right now, man, with all the... I'm good, man. I've been pretty much off. We were supposed to start our, our tour in March. Mm. Uh, it was like March 18th or something. We were getting ready to head there, and I think everything shut down like around March 20th or something. So it was like... yeah. We were like, we had to keep going. You know what I mean? We were like, we're going to do this. Even though I knew what was going on, I'm like, how the heck are we going to be flying to Nashville right now? Mm-hmm. They're going to shut the whole country down any day. I'm going to be stuck there. Luckily, it all happened before. And, you know, it was one of those things where we kind of predicted it was going to happen because we mm-hmm. kind of knew something was going on. But then everything shut down. And, oh. and uh, <clears throat> now it's looking like we're, you know, all music pretty much stuck until 2021. That's what I'm saying. Which is pretty crazy. So, so I'm chilling, man. I've I've been doing the lawn, mm-hmm. uh, becoming an arborist, like look, oh, getting yeah. bird seed and bird feeders, <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff. I play a lot of video games too, but I've even you know I've got more time than I can fill with video are, games right how, now. How are you with uh, Blades of Steel? <laughs> That's an old shit. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's how that, I, I haven't played in a minute, so that's what I want to. Chris, is yeah, old. that sounds old. Sex. Chris yeah. has always been a gamer. <laughs> yeah, 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 we've been playing games forever. But yeah, it's timing a... wise. I mean, what the album came out the 27th, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. You the guys al- were right up was, in it. <laughs> everything was tour. We had a whole new stage set design too. That was different than all everything we had last year because we pretty much built 
the stage everyone saw uh, last year that we did the whole tour on when we were recording the album and the album was supposed to come out in 2019, mm. but just there were so many different little things that happened along the way that kept pushing it. So yeah. we just said, you know what, let's not take the pressure off. We'll do it in 2020. No biggie. So we redesigned the stage set, everything to kind of go along with this new push. Cause we'd already done a year, you know, with the new stage set or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it all just completely fell apart. And now we're here. The, the record is like super, super different, man. I, I really like it. I think it's like super dark, um, you know, I was listening to it, uh, the whole day today and, uh, I gotta say like the song, what in between it's called, right? Or the in between. Yeah. Yeah. Super- yeah. The in between. Yeah, man. It's like, I love that guitar tone a lot. Like it reminded me, like I'm listening to it thinking like, you know, like halfway from like the deaf tones, but also like primal scream, Motley Crue. I remember when I would hear nice. that, that, like, I, like, you know, I was like listening to that shit and I'm a guitar player too. And, uh, so the mixture of the ugly sound that that makes, which I love, we're, we're such fans of like dissonant and stuff like that, you know, and, and then Maria's vocals are just fucking great, man. There's a re- there's a lot of really good standout songs on this record. So, what do you, like how are you feeling about the record and i know unfortunately you can't promote it but i mean you must be super proud of it yeah so yeah it, it basically came out um we all well, was kind of supposed to come out we're on tour right like you guys said and, and now we're basically like do we put it out or do we just sit on it and we just decided with everything that's going on and everyone being at home and music being such a big thing for people especially with you know in, in hard times i guess you know we just mm-hmm. felt like it doesn't really matter what's going to happen with it we just need to put it out and we'll be playing it next year. You know, we're going to just pretend like we had a year for everyone to listen to it and get ready for it. I, I mean, I, as of right now, we're not planning on trying to record something else, but it's just a weird way for it to all come out. But to answer your question, yeah, we were really stoked on it and, and excited for everyone to hear it. Cause I do feel like it was like a, almost like a heavier return and just a different record than our last couple ones, you know? I love the covers too, man. Excellent choices all. You got Mazzy Star, Steve Miller Band, like what how'd you guys come about and Queen obviously, but uh pick those particular tracks. I gotta attribute all of those to Maria. Mm-hmm. The 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 Steve Miller one was kinda like a a thing where we'd written that song, that music that, that you're hearing with that song was written by itself before any cover was discussed. We just uh-huh. had this like musical idea mm-hmm. and I thought it could be a really awesome song and Maria and I did it together at her studio, but we were like listening to it and I started going like, keep song flipping, flipping. Mm-hmm. And she was like, wait a minute. And she started <laughs> singing that. And she started singing along with it. And she's like, that is so sick. <laughs> I love this so much. She was so into it. That's and I was awesome. like, dude, we, we should take this great original piece and make it a cover where we basically don't get any money for it. And it's somebody, else. you know what I mean? But yeah. she was like adamant. And I going back now, it's, it's super cool. The fact that it is not, anything to do musically like the original it kind of makes it interesting and as far as the uh the we will rock you song that was another maria idea that happened right off the bat um she was super pumped about the movie at the time that we recorded it that movie was huge and mm-hmm. you know we've always loved the song but i was immediately like no way can we do this song it's too big of a song everyone's going to be like critiquing it there's no way we could ever do it better than queen did it there's just no reason for us to even do this and with the movie being out mm-hmm. it's just a bad idea like no <laughs> And she was like, what if we got Taylor Momsen and Lizzie Hale and I to sing each sing a verse? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, well, 
Mm-hmm. If that happened, that would be cool. <laughs> you know, but I'm thinking too, like, okay, cool, but good luck getting that to happen because there's no way all those girls are going to agree to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, she called him up and they agreed to do it, man. And, you know, then it became this like, wow, this is a big, big epic moment on the album. And, you know, who knows, you know, what's going to happen with that song in the future, you know, because we really haven't even put any, any promotion behind it yet. And we're talking, you know, video stuff, maybe all movie, three man. of them. And, it could be in a yeah, movie could trailer. Be a I could intro <laughs> music or something yeah. for wrestlers, or I don't know. But we're, you know, we're we're pumped on it, man. And the Mazzy Star—that was again Maria's idea. All the covers were pretty much Maria's idea. She loves that, and she's always wanted to sing it. And we've always had like a really slow kind of, you know, outro to all of our albums, right? Historically, and so it just felt like the perfect, you know, thing to do there. Yeah, it make it makes a lot of sense for sure. When yeah. you got when you look at your band too and the albums, man, like you know, because I've known you so long from the jump and uh, so much like different directions each time, you know, as far as choices you guys make and changing up the sounds and keeping it fresh. And I mean, you got a long history. Yeah, it's true, man. That's kind of been our thing. I mean, I guess you know, because I think when we started, you know, back in two thousand and seven, we. I knew that metalcore was, was happening and hot. You know, Maria wasn't really you know, thinking like that at all. She was just thinking, I want to be in a band. I want to make music. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just rushed that album out. You know, we had our band, we were excited and yeah. we'd written all those songs, you know, up to the point of, you know, getting the deal and recording the album. And then after that happened and we got signed, then it was like, okay, now let's, what do we really want to do? And that's why the dream was such an experimental, like oh, yeah. different from the first one, you know, and, and very much more musical and poppy sounding. And, you know, then we kind of pulled it back a little bit. It's just been like a left and right thing, but it, it all, I think the coolest thing about in this moment, and a lot of it has to do with Maria. She's such a passionate um, vocalist and, and leader that she's, she drives it with her energy and passion. And if she feels good about something, you know, it's going to go, we're going to like push hard for it. And she's going to sing at her best. And, you know, so I kind of like, you know, since the first couple albums, I've gradually kind of deferred to her direction, mm-hmm. you know, because I want her to shine because she's the reason the whole thing is blowing up. You know what I mean? I think that was a turning point for the band, too. When 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 Jeff and Blake left and we were kind of like, what are we going to do? At right. that point, I had made up my mind, too, that I was going to try to try to create a platform for Maria to shine. And I'm going to go right to the top with her and it's going to be perfect. You know what I mean? And it's been working good that way. And, you know, she, she, she varies in her, I want to be heavy. I want to be this. And and my job has generally always been to keep the heavy edge within this moment, no matter how much she may want to stray away from that. Mm -hmm. But it's been real natural, man. And and our working relationship has gotten a lot better over, over the course of all the different albums and all the different sounds that we're doing. And, you know, I think this one's pretty heavy too, yeah. comparatively. I think uh, I think she really shines on this one. Um, another song that that I wanted to bring up, which I thought was pretty cool, uh, was "Holy Man." You know, really cool riff. Definitely like the way she like hops along that riff that you have, and then that just nice open chorus. And yeah, then, and then you do like some really cool like. Um, I, it's kind of like leading notes, like you know, towards the end, and uh, that that was definitely another one of those standout tracks. How did that song come about? Uh, that song uh, came about in the studio. Um, it was the, the main big riff you hear was was our, from our uh, producer Kane. Okay. We work with Kane and Kevin Shirko. They're a father son team. Oh wow! And we've normally worked with just Kevin only, and Kane's been there helping and wrote. He's written songs with us since the beginning of working with Kevin. But on this album, 
Kevin decided we were going to do a tag team with Kevin and Kane. So at certain times, you know, I was in one room working with Kane on guitars and stuff like that. And Maria's in the other room with, with Kevin and we're switching back and forth and stuff like that. Uh, but Kane had the riff, the main, you know, riff idea. And we just started developing it from there. And Maria started scatting stuff over it. We came up with a cool chorus. And then we, we also kind of with this album, we wanted, we've been having this struggle internally with wanting to fe- be more like a, a more band like, cause we were like playing a lot of live shows. We want to be able to cut into like a jam or if we're playing a song that we want a certain part of the song, maybe we could cut loose and, you know, just jam and, and hold one part for a while. And she could talk to the crowd riled up and, you know, free, free feeling it. Sure. But with the way we, the way we work with our lights, our production, everything, we we've been running with the click track since the very beginning. Plus we have a lot of keys and backing things that are in the, the tracks, the stems that play with us. So we're kind of chained to that. So to get to my point with this new album, we were kind of wanting to try to bring more of a live feel into the songs and try to, you know, just get it feeling more band like and natural, less, less electronical in a way. So that, that in turn made us have more parts like the, like the bridge of Holy man, where it, it cuts into that kind of Sabbathy guitar thing. Yes, and yes, it's got sure. a neat solo. And the ending and stuff like that, we're we're really looking to try to add that kind of stuff in as much as we could throughout the album to give it more of a of a feel. And we're still, you know, one of these days we might just be able to hire a full big gigantic band, have a keyboard player, some background vocalists, and not ever have to play to a click, you know. But right now we we still do. Yeah, you guys came a long way. Your production, man, you guys definitely turn it out now man well, we had somebody in the, in the group mention uh playing a show with you guys at trash bar in brooklyn <laughs> I, I, so, don't, I was oh there. god i remember it do you I remember you, it you know what my memory is, that is, that? is jeff and i rode in one car yeah and uh they were i don't know i guess you were pulling a rider or probably something and you know this is post 9 11 i couldn't remember we didn't know like which tra- tunnel you could take in oh, with it, no. oh, yeah. and we picked oh, the wrong no. one. And I'm in a neon with Jeff, and I remember Chris being, "Let me get this straight: the only guys from <laughs> the two guys from New York are yeah, in a car by themselves, here. and you fucked this up." <laughs> you, you only- That's hilarious. I do. I remember that those early years, man, and those the crazy like drive that we had. I, I can't believe. Yeah. The stuff that we did and all the places we played. I would never do that now, man. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> yeah. the moment in time. That yeah. was that was a trip. That, that's man. that's the beauty. We were crazy. <laughs> we wanted it. You definitely did, man. Let's talk like going back, like to your your uh your origin, if you will. You you're you're originally from Kansas, correct? I got that uh yeah. Yeah. Big, big town, big little uh city in there or Topeka, Kansas is the capital, okay. but it was, it's a pretty boring town, man. My whole main goal of my whole childhood was to get out of Kansas, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you ever eaten at Taco Tico? Dude, I love Taco <laughs> Tico. And there's no, ta- you know, I saw Taco Tico like maybe like seven years ago when we were on tour in Nebraska. There was one at a mall. But Taco Tico doesn't exist. I don't see that anymore, man. I love Taco Tico. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my Nardwar on. Don't worry about me. <laughs> they had those taco burgers, dude. You, like it was so, they were so good. Oh man, yo, I, I'm just such a big Stern fan, and like anytime Richard talks, he brings up Taco Tico. So that's why I <laughs> he it. does, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Richard Christie too, and he's he's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what, as a young man out there, what what bit you on the music bug? Like, what what's your what's your music memory that set it off? My music memory that started it all off was Kiss, like hearing Kiss on the radio and then seeing Kiss in one of those, like, remember those CD clubs where you could, there was actually a tape club, I'm pretty old, where you could, like, 
spend three dollars or buy one tape and you get like 50 of them or something yeah man I remember, I remember seeing kiss in there and like a picture of them with the makeup on sure. but this was way after the makeup was off when i discovered them but mm-hmm. i associated the song i was hearing which was heaven's on fire with right. the makeup look and it immediately was like oh my god this is so cool these guys look like that and they're singing this cool song and then i just started going from there man and i went and saw kiss um on the asylum tour. And I remember coming back from the concert, going to school the next day with the, the shirt on walking around all cool. And all me and all my buddies were like, we're going to start a band. All right. I'm going to play guitar. You're going to play bass. You play drums, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how it started, man. And it took a while for everyone to, to even learn how to play anything. And sure. some of the people that were there were like, never played again, you know, that I managed to keep it going and, and, and just grab the whole den. And I, I loved all of it. Like all of the metal, like from glam metal, to the the thrash, you know, I love all of it. So I was really into all that different stuff, and that was like me, man. For that's sure, what, like yeah, like that's uh, what made me want to get out of Kansas too, because I knew there was nothing mm-hmm. that was going to happen there, you know. Did you? And I was really big into the, the L.A. strip scene too, so I, that kind of made me just want to move to L.A., which is why I left Kansas to go. That was to the LA. shining city uh, on the hill. Yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> all the rock shit happens there. Oh yeah, that was like the epicenter in that that heyday, you know. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to meet Bruce Kulick? I never met Bruce Kulick. No, uh-huh. I've seen him live though. Yeah, because I, I never did get to meet him. I know Animalize was his first, I believe, with Kiss. Well, that was when he first toured. They had actually Mark St. John was playing oh, okay. guitar on that okay. album. Okay, but Sam- he had some kind of hand problem. Sam's more of a hot and shade <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, you know, I'm like I was. 12 when he's that a young yeah. he's, like, he's like four years younger than me so. yeah so like hot in yeah, the shade was the one that i <laughs> this guy always yeah. makes fun of me yeah we're a little hot i always make funny because i you were a big van halen dude too right oh yeah yeah because i remember having discussion with you with eddie and like and what did i say that's what well sam you know he doesn't understand the, how powerful the mighty van halen was in that heyday <laughs> but i think it's because he's a little younger but how I, epic it i came in on even now I mean, do you like that type of music? Because I, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to. They just have good songs, man. I love Sammy Hagar just in general too. So I'm partial to his. Yeah, stuff, me, me, I'm partial. I'm partial to Hagar for sure. I didn't know you were a Hagar guy. I was. A, I told you for unlawful carnal no, knowledge, man. Chris. Oh, I had no Chris. idea. <laughs> oh, you're looking at me. I, mean, it's, it's, I love. I love rock too, you know, yeah. and I love all the Van Halen. But I just those songs, man. They get me right in the feels, dude. Fifty One, uh, Love Walks In, and Dreams, and. All those songs and like yeah. Hagar in general too, man. I listen, I listen to his uh, Pandora channel quite a bit, and I like a lot of his solo stuff too. He's just a good songwriter, singer. Good songwriter, great hooks. He's got he brought great re- hooks, great yeah. hooks. You know, like you hear like all those songs on Fifty One Fifty for sure. Just like dude, you know Van Halen was so stoked when he came in, and I was just reading something about like they were they were working on some of those songs on Fifty One Fifty and. Valerie Bertinelli was super pumped about it. She was telling Eddie, "This that's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god!" You know, because just hearing hearing Sammy sing after playing a band with Dave for so long, oh, that was just insane for them. You know, the creativity was. Just I was such a big Dave guy. I guess I was just like angry at the time, and I didn't. It was hard for me to <laughs> get that, over. You know what I mean? Did you like boycott? Yeah. They were wearing the dumb dumb outfits though, with the but, like. Well, Van Halen bit me in fifth grade, and I wanted to play like Eddie, and I wanted to 
to, you know, have swagger like Dave, you know what I mean? But then as I got older and <laughs> and listened to Dave's podcast and when you, <laughs> when you, Dave's unleashed for like three hours, I'm like, can you imagine being in a band with that like all the time? I know. You would be pretty tough to be in a band how about, with. How about this? Yesterday, I, I was, I'm re-watching The Sopranos just because it's been a while. And yesterday, I forgot, but I'm watching the card game and he David Lee it. Roth is up in there. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's Have you guys it. seen his recent, uh, like he, he just did that. Before all this shit happened, he did a Vegas residency, and there was a lot of videos and stuff of it. Did you guys catch any of that? Yeah. Yep. Well, initially, they were pretty rough, but then I caught one that it sounded like the band <laughs> dropped it down a key. Like, because they should, he can't hit oh, those kind of notes, you know, and like adapt yeah. it a little bit, and he didn't try to overdo it. Someone must have been like, yo, man. You can't do that anymore. What it is, it's like, you know, YouTube. Like, people with cameras, like, you know, it's like you're, you're up there, and, and everyone has a bad show. Eventually, you know, like, and sometimes that's the yeah, way. Yeah, some of that footage was, was hard to watch, man. I mean, he, he's still awesome and everything, but he was hitting some pretty rough notes. Yeah. I mean, listen, that, that if you're a singer, as you get older, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, it's, a, lot, a lot of them lose it. That's it's, true. It's an lose organ. Highs. Yeah. I'm curious. So, so from, from Kansas, you go to, to the L.A. Strip. Is that really what, what you did? Yeah. Yeah. I moved to, to California, and I lived with my uncle for maybe about a year bounced around jobs trying to get signed, you know, trying to basically just trying to meet people to, to do it. You know, I, when I first moved out, I had a band that we thought we were going to do it, but everyone ended up bouncing and dead set. It never really worked out. No, it wasn't dead set. That was, that was years later. I, I basically uh. spent three years out there and nothing happened. And I had this girlfriend, we broke up. It was blah, 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 blah. I moved back to Kansas for a year. And when I was back in Kansas for that year, I like flipped out. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing back here? I have to get back out there. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. So I went back out again and, and dude, I didn't get signed until I was 33. You know what I mean? I moved out there when I was 19 or 20, pretty much. You were working. So dude, it took that long to meet Maria, Jeff, you know, and Blake and put all that stuff together and make all those connections to finally get that connection, that chemistry going. And, you know, I was always looking for somebody to, to hook my wagon to mm -hmm. not, not that I couldn't do it right. myself, but you know, I'm like looking for talent, you know what I mean? Like that who's special, who's something. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw that with Maria, man, you know? So, yeah. And you guys, and, and, and it kind of all clicked at that right time, the, the MySpace wave, you know, how you guys just, you know, utilize that to your advantage. We went crazy on that. Yeah. We yeah. were one of those first bands that like, there was other ones that were bigger at doing it than us, but that was a huge part of the interest in us happening and getting our management and our record deal at the time. All of that stuff was coming through my space. And I remember I added, you know, 50,000 friends myself, probably of the hundred thousand that we we added when we hit a hundred thousand. I remember we were just going in to re start recording the first album. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm never touching this shit ever again. I'm done. <laughs> done. <laughs> I'm never adding another friend for the rest of my life, but it paid off, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the, that was the tool. And you guys, that was a tool. Yeah. yeah. If, if you could like that, the beginning of social media, the, the beginning of, of basically being able to be heard without actually being in the same state as someone, whatever, you know, like back then, like you, you just like printing up CDs and, well, yeah, and not even dude, cassettes. That was such a thing. And I, the, the big part of it too, I remember when we were doing it was you could go to a band's page and there was a, a music player on their page and you could listen to the songs and then you yep. could go down there and comment. So you're looking at their page 
And there's just a million comments on these like Avenged Sevenfold page. I remember we would go from Avenged Sevenfold to the Deftones to this band to this band to Unearth to, mm-hmm. and we would just look, go in, go to the comments, and the the ones that are right there are the most common in first ones, and we would start clicking on add, 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 and all of a sudden our plays would start going up. We would see people listen to our stuff, and we would get more comments, and it became like this, ugh, like a almost like crack, like you're addicted to the getting the comments on your stuff and getting the place to go up and yeah, but as, as a young yeah, band yeah. too you can, i'm sorry to interrupt but like when you go to you no. know touring as opposed like you can roll up into a small city where no one would have known you before and now you have at least an audience where like they're already you know familiar with you you're you're absolutely right man and now to see where it's come from that to, to where we are now which everything is like it's all it's all social media man you know you don't know any you know most of your stuff about a band from social media yeah, for versus sure. you know, live or whatever. And now, now Spotify is like such a huge thing, like bigger than it even was before, which was already big. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Um, you know, the the uh, the longer band plays, the harder it is to pick a set list. How how important are those top five songs on on Spotify for you guys? Is in to like making a set list? Do they even factor? Uh, that's a question, dude. And I'll tell you why. It's an awesome question because to me, that's a huge factor. Um, to Maria, that's not a factor at all. Mm. She doesn't care at all what the the plays say because she she wants to play what she wants to play, you know. And and a lot of times she has really great ideas, but sometimes like we're we're doing our hits, you know. We have all the songs that were singles, but if we don't like the song live or don't like playing it live, it, the show will just be better if she's into the show. So we do songs like Burn, or we just added a Natural Born Sinner off of one of our records. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an obscure song that was never a single, but and it doesn't really go along with the this one, this one, and this one is streaming more. But you know, we got to feel good about what we're doing. We're not robots, you know. <clears throat> and I think too, like we have enough songs that people want to hear that we can just kind of mix them in and out. And there's the, you know the ones like Blood and Horror, mm-hmm. Adrenalize. You know, we kind of have to play those all the time. Sure, um, and that's cool. You know, we like playing those. So. You got to give them what they want to. You right? do because it's it's like so like like you know we're we're all musicians. Brian more of an ex musician, but like <laughs> you know, I got a story with when that, I, like. when I go see <laughs> when I go see a band, you know, um, I want like if I go see Alkaline Trio, I'm I'm gonna want to hear the old stuff. And you know when when you're playing your own music, you're like oh you know you always feel like the new music is the best. So th- there has to be like a I guess absolutely like a, a give and take because when you make that new, I know you know especially because you just made a great record, um, and it must man it, it must be brutal to not be able to play it, but eventually you will. Um, and it's that's what it is, man. When you have those new songs, you're like I can't wait to play these out for people and see the reaction, know. you know. And Maria's planning that stuff while we're doing it in the studio. She's already she's talking about show stuff happening while we're working on the song. Oh, this part! And she, she always wants to play like every song we have on the new album mm. right when we go start touring again too. And I'm of the class of like Kiss, like give them what they want. You know, I remember when Iron Maiden did that tour a uh, few years back where uh, they we were all there. play the old stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we all know that. So that was like the most horrible thing ever. Yeah. I always bring that up. Like you, you <laughs> got to you got to play the songs people want to hear, you know, make it different for them. Add some new spice in here and there, but the big, big ones, you know, I mean, it's, it'd be a shame, you know, not to do it. I, I took my nephew to that show, the Iron Maiden. He was a big, uh, I think, uh, 
<laughs> I can't remember the opening act there. Bullet from my Valentine. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was into that. That was his wheelhouse. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, man, wait do you see. Wait. wait do you hear. Oh, Ace man. is high. Then you'll forget about whatever. And then, like, one song after another. Yeah. And no, I didn't get the memo. I had no idea going in. And I'm looking everywhere. Oh, around. my And gosh. some dude passed the sign, had a sign that said, uh, play some old shit yeah and bruce called for it up and they passed it up front and he ripped it in half and i was like oh well i guess that's yeah, what, I guess. that's gonna be well because by the time they got to like it was a, a matter of life and death by the time they got to like song seven or eight i was like i think they're gonna play the whole album <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like that scene in european vacation because i went with my friend dave and they started playing the new record and he's like dad i think he's gonna pork her and i'm like sitting there thinking like nah they'll probably just play a, f- a few new songs he's like no dad i think i think he's gonna pork her and then by like eighth song i'm like yep definitely gonna pork her yeah you're ready to you're ready to leave at that point man yeah. Yeah. that was a good album too it just Great wasn't album, what i was expecting yeah, yeah. and, but, and that's you, what- you just can't do that you people go to, to hear the songs that they love to hear and they, they get into you know what i mean especially when your fan base is older you know they hired a babysitter you know, it was a lot of work. It wasn't like, you know, we're all old guys at this maiden it's show true. here. Come on. This was their one night besides, besides Christmas and New Year's. This was their one night. Yeah, I took my wife out. We went to Sizzler. <laughs> we went to the maiden show. So so you're, 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 you're kicking around, man, and, and the band starts going. And from there, like, what, what was the scene like? Because you said you were there for like 10 years. Like, how did you see the scene change? Oh, gosh. That's a good question, man. When I first went out there, it was more like grunge and taking over, you know, and mm. Deftones and new metal and all that stuff was going on. Limp Bizkit was really big. And, um, you know, Maria's original thing she wanted to start doing was like a, a Deftones-y type thing. I remember we did a band called Dying Star. Uh, Jeff was in it, too. I still got the CD. Um, and, you know, it was cool, but it just didn't take off. And really what I saw happening was the, the new metal went into the metal core and in bands like yep, Bullet yep. for My Valentine, um, Under uh, It Dies Today, All That Remains, Shadows Fall, uh, Kill Switch Engage, all these bands were popping off with stuff. Um, and I knew it was super duper hot, you know? And I remember bringing to Maria's house, I brought her Bleeding, a Bleeding Through album, uh, Kill Switch Engage, the, the, the first one, yeah. uh, Il Nino, and a bunch of stuff to show her how we could combine like the heavy stuff with the singing and she hated everything, but she loved one of the kill switch songs. She was playing it over and over and over and over and over and just loved the, the way the intro was. I think it was, um, that one that goes, I forget what's going on. This on the first album. Is it last serenade? Uh, maybe. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The big chorus. Yeah. The big key part of the beginning. She loved it so much. And that was like, she's like, I think we can do something like this. So I did kind of like trick her into like, doing metalcore because our first album we were known as metalcore and it is kind of a metalcore album we have the kind of iron maiden harmony stuff in the parts and the breakdowns and you know all that stuff so that's kind of what i saw happening was the scene was metalcore and in order to break in i felt like we had to be kind of on the scene but there was no girls that were singing and screaming and doing the same kind of thing as kill switch in those bands so i felt like there was a window for us to get in there yeah, and, you, and it works man you guys it works. Are definitely i think that was a big part of, that, of it the head head of the curve on the when the quote-unquote female fronted boom that aside like, you from know, like well, arch arch enemy that's about it really yeah no they would yeah, and also another thing too that the, a good reason why you notice the drastic shift of sound from the first album to the second is because of that because the first album was we wrote it kind of to get into the metalcore scene 
and it worked, but that really wasn't who Maria was, and we weren't really that either. We were still trying to figure out who the heck we were as a band. Mm-hmm. And I think the dream is, an, is another kind of reflex of that. And then with a Starcross Wasteland, you're getting more and more into kind of what we are. But Blood is really the combination of the heavy and Maria's style, you know, coming to kind of the perfect combination, I guess. Yeah, that's that's cool. Because, like, I mean, <clears throat> you know, coming from, like, Langan and I, who are, like, failed musicians, it's it's interesting to see someone like you that, that, that became successful um, but it's such a strange business because, like, you know, you it, it changes a lot, a lot of, like, the fads and stuff, um, but y- you guys still manage to write stuff that, that, like, I feel like you gain new fans, like, every year with every record, which is super hard to do, but I think that's the longevity. I think that's how that what you need to do. You need to... You need like um, I saw Weezer like you know two years ago and like I love the first two records like every other idiot, um, but when they play a song off Pinkerton, me and my girlfriend go crazy. Then they play a song from like 2019, and the people in front of us were losing their mind, you know. So it, I I get it. I get how how you're able to be successful, and, and I guess I guess that's great, you know, to be inclusive and and to write these things and. Uh, you still challenge yourself, you know, like I said, going back to, but I feel like dude, what you're saying, the, the key to all of that is and with the bands that are doing it, you're doing it for so long. You got to write stuff that you feel, feel, you know what I mean? It can't just be like, I'm writing, I am writing another hit song that will be on the radio. Cause there are bands like that and they're playing. But the, the weird thing about our band is because we've done what we wanted to do, changed our sound. It's been different. Every album and, searching and, and building our fan base from from the first album till now we have a big base that follows us wherever we go we sell out more more venues more seats than bands that have 10 number one songs yeah. they, they can't they're opening for us yeah. you know what i mean and i'm not saying that to be mean i'm just saying the reason that is is because we're our own band and we write our own music that sounds like us so when you hear in this moment a lot of times you can tell that's in this moment it sounds like us mm-hmm. maria has her own sound it's like that goes a long way to a band having that kind of lasting power. And there's lots of examples of that from Deftones to freaking Pantera. Like you said, Weezer, all these bands have, they're not just put pumping out the same song over and over and over and over and over and over and over. They're, they're growing as artists and musicians and their fans are along for the journey kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And they, 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 the fans give them wiggle room, you know, like you, to experiment with certain things, you know, it's like, exactly. They follow along. They like it. Some like it, some don't, but they follow along. I, we still get comments like, Oh, we'll put out a new thing. And somebody will be like, man, I really wish you guys would go back to the first album sale where you were really good. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, but nobody bought, bought that. Yeah. You know, where were you? <laughs> right. You know, where were you then? Where, where were you and your 4,000 friends filling up the room? Because they weren't there, you know, and just, it's like, we got to grow and just so that's do our a, thing, you that, know? That's an interesting thing too. Cause the, the bigger you get, um, you know, social media, like the criticism, like, do you, I, I me personally, I, I just wouldn't even read the comments, you know, like I, as, as you guys grew with social media, like how hard is it to avoid, you know, criticism because you'll get 10 people that love the record on a thread and then you'll get two that hate it. And I feel like those are the two that sometimes are hard not to oh, focus dude. on. It can be so hard to, to not focus on the negatives, but mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's and the thing is, the more successful you are, this is something I've noticed, the more hatred you get. And you can almost use the amount of hatred that you're getting as a barometer of your success. Because if people aren't hating you, then no one's talking about you. So it's kind of cool 
in that sense. And, and when we get like a million comments and we'll, we'll find, we'll be looking through, oh, great job, great job. And then one will say, you guys suck and sound like shit and blah, 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 something horrible. And then, you know, 30 more comments are great. And then there's one down there that's another horrible. It's just the ratio of horrible to good is so skewed to the good. And if you have to just turn that off, like Maria doesn't really look at it because it does affect her. I look at it sometimes, but not, not often like Travis will go through and search for, for stuff. But I think we've all kind of learned, you know, it doesn't matter what they say, man. You know, we have our people that light love us and everyone's going to say something. And the more, more people that are talking crap passionately, that means your, your band's popular and you're doing something right. When they first started, I was on the blabbermouth message board days religiously. I'm ready to fucking pop a cap. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> he was like our, our, our guy. Like they would, we had a couple of guys that would come in and defend us and stuff, you know. You knocking but on it, knocking well, on people's doors. The door thing out. that bothered me the most would be like, oh, these guys just you know got it given to them, kind of a thing, or they because they you know, know came out and it's like no, no, these dudes were out you know in the rider van, you know sleeping in the cold doing it. You have no fucking oh. idea how it doesn't not easy matter. it is living on ten dollars a day or whatever the per diem. No. Right? <laughs> you know, you like fuck you. you, you no, and 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 even now, man, we're we're still like we're super grateful to be in the position now that we can actually have a life and, and pay our bills and, you know, take care of our family and stuff yeah. from, from playing music, because that's another thing. That's like a one in a million, you know, the, where we were, when we started as a signed successful professional band, the first four albums, you know, we were broke every day, every time we toured. And that was just what it was. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. now you can sit back, you look at your career, man. And like, I know, I know growing up, you were a big priest fan and you end up doing like, you know, a song with Rob Halford's oh God. album. Yeah. I mean, like that's it's Dude, dreams come and true. What a guy. What a sweetie, man. You know, the first one was Jakey e. Lee doing that solo on. Oh, hell yeah. On flood. I was just be, having him on the record was the coolest fucking thing in the whole universe. But then, yeah, Rob Halford having that happen. That was like, we did a, the video with him and stuff, man, and just what an honor! Ah, what he, an honor! And he's such a sweet, sweet person, man. He just makes you, you just want to love him. He's just great, yeah, in every way. He's he, one of those guys that makes you like, I love that band, and I'm so happy I love that band. Hell yeah! Oh, like, fuck that man. Those guys are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> he's for shit. Yeah, yeah, he seems amazing, and still putting out great work. I thought Firepower was one. Yeah, of the, dude. Right? How good was that album? Best, so good. I think yeah. best since the painkiller, in my opinion. But I, I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, and, and the basis for heavy metal parking lot, the greatest fifteen minute documentary <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Jump his bones. Uh, yeah. Did you guys see that? Um, uh, what was that movie from the Bay Area Thrash? So, or yeah, yeah. Documentary out uh, right now. Murder in the front, front row. row. Murder in the front row. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Oh man, oh, yeah. how great was that? awesome yeah that was the shit um i i love i mean i i wore out get thrashed so was, i was ready for yeah. for a new one and uh i love that they focus a lot on kirk hammett because as a kid when i was a guitar player um he was my guy you know like i wanted to fucking like when i first heard the thing that should not be like i i didn't know what a whammy bar was <laughs> i was like who is this guy making his guitar make that sound on fucking you know the thing that should not be an, an eye of the beholder um so i like the fact that he got so much shine in that documentary because i feel like you know the the fact that he teaches gary holt how to play guitar and uh, that's so crazy yeah me too man it was su such a blast from the past i wasn't out here then i was in kansas but 
you know, that was my kind of, those were my guys, you know, that was my youth kind of vibe right there. Yeah, no doubt. All happening right there, man. So, speaking of like, it, we're just talking about firepower. So what, what other kind of music are you listening to these days, man? I'm curious, what, 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 what are you listening to in this quarantine era? In the quarantine, before the quarantine, on the more current, heavier side, I really liked the new, that new Parkway Drive. I was jamming that quite a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, what else? That's probably the coolest new thing. Like Whitechapel, some of that stuff too. But on quarantine, dude, I'm listening to Yacht Rock Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Steely Dan radio and uh, I've listened to Sammy Hagar radio and um, also the ghetto boys radio. Like I've just been like jamming that stuff nonstop because I'm, I'm playing videos, you know, like mm-hmm. mostly every day, at least for a few hours. And I'm always got, I always have that music on with the game. I turn the game music off. So I, I found I like, during this era too. Like I've been listening to, I, w- I was playing a lot less metal, a lot of old soul funk, James Brown, like some groove, some rare groove. Like I don't know. Like my, I just wanted to take my foot off the gas. For well, a you, <laughs> you, yeah, because you can't like you know you can't rock out at home too hard. You know, like you can't like. Uh, you, dude, yacht rock radio is so good. It just every song, it just one after the other is like. Well, you a know, great. You know the web, you know the web series, of course. Then right. The yacht rock web series? No. Oh, re- playing with that. Really? Oh, so no. Wow, holy shit! That's... I just heard the. I just heard the the name regarding the music and like looked up the channel on on uh, Pandora. Oh, we're gonna send you that because it, it, it's about ten fifteen years old, um, and that's you know they they took um, like they would take a song and these like kind of like comedians would make like a I guess like a a fake version of how the song came about and they would have it, it basically oh, no. be like, like 10, 15 minute skits. And, uh, you know, they yeah. have people playing hole and oats. It's the funniest shit. I can't wait to send it to you. Awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah. What about, um, I, I know obviously we all are sitting at home watching a bunch of shit, binging anything on Netflix or like Amazon. Yeah. We, we're definitely watching stuff. We, um, I've been loving the, the some of the documentaries. We watched the Jeffrey Epstein thing, which was, Wow. Freaking horrible. What a piece of shit that guy is. Mm. Um, and uh, I started getting into The Office. I've never watched The Office before, and we're on like season six of that now. Really like that show. <laughs> Killing Eve is a good show we kind of watch. Um, Space Force, we started watching that. Uh, you know, pretty much everything, dude. We're like looking for stuff constantly on, on Netflix and Amazon and all that right now. Yeah, say that's what we're all doing. I watched that Epstein thing, and like... I always feel bad when people get like murdered, regardless. And uh, that guy, I was like, yeah. I'm like, I guess he just had to the only reason. The only reason you, you don't, you're, you're mad he got murdered is because you wanted to see more bad stuff happen to him than I, that. You it, know, it, he, he deserved so much more than that. <laughs> it's, it's just so hard to like fathom. I guess kind of like I'm just thinking like, man, could this guy have been really that out of like? How did he get away with all this shit? Mm. What a piece of shit! And those all those people like that were on his defense team. That got him off on that that thing or whatever, uh, uh, dude. What a they were all fucking having sex with these girls, and that's uh, why they were getting them off. And they were like, "We got to get this guy off. We can't have this happen." And that's why he's dead too. I think too. It's I conspiracy, think so. whatever. You know, somebody he had to go, or else people like were gonna be flushed out. While we're on the subject of films, too, like you know, a little left turn here, but we were about to do a show. We do these Red River. Uh, oh, yeah. where we focus <laughs> in on um, 
you know, a certain thing like Tarantino movies or Iron Maiden or whatnot. And we were about to do a Star Wars one, and then the shit hit the fan. <laughs> You're a big Star Wars oh, dude, boy. right, if I remember correctly? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. How do you feel about the the newer films? The yeah, new three. On those? Um, I don't really dig them that much, honestly. I mean, I'm, it's okay. I like the first one, I think, the best mm-hmm. of the new three. Um, They're okay, but I don't really rewatch them a lot. I like the. I think I like the prequel better than those. As fucked up as that sounds. Wow, hot take, um, bold stance. That there. is hot take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike them though. I like all Star Wars. I like the Mandalorian a lot too. I thought that was pretty good. I watched the first episode of that. That, I that was that fun. Was sick. Yeah, I would get into that. I like. It took me a minute to realize I was Gina Carano from, <laughs> you know, uh, MMA. She was. Oh, was she, it? Yeah, she she was like one of the characters. Alexa, stop. Sorry, guys. Um, the yeah, man. But uh, no, it was the got? fucking Alexa over there. Fucking started talking to me. Oh, I thought um, you had a dog named Alexa first. Alexa, stop! <laughs> she's turned on again. Jesus Christ! Maybe she's. We got an- five dogs now. Maybe she's angry that uh, you don't like the new Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Are, do you guys love it or something? I uh, well, he's he... no. It's just uh, <laughs> you know, I my son and I. We, he doesn't watch a lot of films, but it's something we do when they come out. So like, I enjoy it in that way. But I know like Star Wars. How old fans, your son? He's nine. Now. Well, he's gonna be ten oh, soon. Oh my dude. god, he's getting big, dude. I know. God, like, I see, I I don't I, think I've seen you in almost ten years. I mean, well, that's crazy. It's. I remember, like, my, my, like, whole early life of getting married and whatever, I can equate to, like, in this moment's career, like, time. Yeah, I, I know. I, I knew where you, I was. When you were having your baby and stuff, man. Count, and now, now it's When nine. I was about to wow. get married, I was following them around. We were in Jersey, Pennsylvania, or something like that. And I remember, and they offered, they asked me, like, if I... I would go on, I could like help out on the road. This is really, early oh, yeah, days. yeah. It's like $10 per diem or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I go home and tell my fiance, listen, <laughs> we're going to tell. Hey, man, if you would have stuck, if you would have stuck I with us, you could be making like, you could probably be paying you around 1500 a week right now if you're doing something good. Dude, I, it but, was, I had the almost famous moment. You'd like, be out of work right now. <laughs> I'd be out no of work kid. right now. I remember like, no kid, so. after I'm like, they, they got on the bus. And on the van and to head off where they were going and I remember being on the like pumping gas in my neon yeah. about to go back to Long Island and the van <laughs> dri- it was like an almost famous moment yeah. you know, a little tear came on yeah, like wow it. look at they're off to the next adventure yeah we're gonna go play something cool have fun at work later yeah. <laughs> But man, I gotta thank you too. Like while I got you, I mean, you guys were so good to me, man. You could take me along. Like, like I had so many like moments that stick in my like getting to meet Ian Christie or people or riding on a golf cart at the back of Ozfest and just always taking care of me. And like, uh, I mean, it, well, you guys are fucking awesome, dude. I'm you and um, Eric Linker. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're with them or not, but yeah. you guys were always hanging out. A greenie. You know yeah, what I mean, man? And Brownie, dude, still, Brownie. you know, I still, Brownie's my boy. Um, but you're welcome anytime, dude. Anytime we come out and you guys want to come or I'll hook you up, dude. Dude, I you even know? got, they Love even let me again. ride on their tour bus from Ohio. I took a Greyhound to Ohio, got on the tour bus. <laughs> they were on the um, Rob Zombie and Ozzy <laughs> tour and ride back to New York where they were playing Madison Square Garden. So, like, that's as heavy. a stage potato, yeah. that's what they call me, a stage potato. I'd have never heard that term before. <laughs> Um, That's so awesome, you made though. a little boy's dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. My sister came out there at one point. I think when yeah, you were with Paige, us, right? a couple of yeah. times. I remember meeting Paige, man. Yeah, and, those uh, are. She has fond memories of that too. Man. Those were fun I think, days. Uh, 
her son's about the same age as, or yeah, her son's the same age as your son. Crazy. I think uh, in in the level of stage potato, I think uh, number two is MSG. So that that's uh, number one is Wembley. So <laughs> Wembley, yeah. you made it to hit me up. If you, you made it to number, <laughs> you made it to number two. Um, it's I, hard to beat Ozzy and Rob Zombie on New Year's Eve at Madison or Christmas Eve or whatever. It was oh, like two days before Christmas or something. You it was, guys had it was that, awesome. that tour, that beautiful bus. They were it was it had the wrap. They were on the side of it. I mean, you guys, yeah, you guys could have put me in a, like a little picture of me on the side. Would have been. Crazy. We were over a hundred thousand dollars in debt after that tour. Ooh, so you know, because of the bus, we were getting paid. Did I do yeah, that? We were getting. <laughs> no, we got paid eight hundred dollars per show, mm-hmm. and that bus was probably like you know fifteen hundred bucks a day or something. Oh, you know, wow, wow, the workaround. Yeah, we got wrecked. Jesus, that's Christ. rough. But you know what? What a story. I mean, Ozzy, well, like, for, you know, Ozzy, you Ozzy's such a big deal to us. Um, I, I told my friend uh, that we were talking to you, and he just, I, I mean, you won't remember it, but he, like, messaged me. He's like, I got a, a story Chris might remember. So he sends, I'm, I met up with Walls of Jericho in South Carolina while they were with Kitty. And in this moment, I was hammered. I ran across the stage, walked in. Head into the crowd and crush the catering lady's daughter. That's all. He headwalked. Yeah, you. I remember being yeah. like so upset at these headwalkers. That's Billy. Yeah, He's, I remember that. I didn't think he would, but that's amazing. All right, oh, man. but yeah, I know your time's limited, yeah, Chris, man. and I want to thank you again for um, for joining us here, man. That's a, it was great fun to catch up with you, and of course, I wish you. All the best with the album and mother. Um, the, the record's great. I, another song I did want to mention real quick that that uh, that I really liked was the uh, "So Above." Uh, as above, so below. Yes, as mm. as above, so below. Man, great production on that. There's a lot of really good songs. So I, we're, we're. I think that's going to be our next single too, mm. as above. So yeah, that one will be hitting, and we'll be trying to promote it however we can. You're going to shoot. Um, one I of appreciate those? you guys. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say one you're of those shoot one of those quarantine videos. Five, five, no, yeah. <laughs> and this is the thing. I fucking I do not want to do that, and, no, and I, I know Maria already. doesn't want to do that either. No. If we do do a split skating video or something like that, it's going to have some sort of production value to it. We're going to yeah, you guys are all do all something. There's no way we cool will all be look. sitting in our fucking <laughs> pajamas, you know, pajamas <laughs> jamming. It's watch not going to happen. Watching the Epstein doc. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but thanks again, Chris. Uh, I really appreciate it. And please, yeah, night. thank you guys, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, anytime. You guys were coming through, or you know, or whatever. I, I love to do this again. It was a blast. Awesome, oh, that's Thank awesome, you. man. Send my send my love and best wishes to Danielle and Maria too. And uh, I will. She said to say hi, man. You guys yeah. take care. Be safe out there. Okay. Absolutely. Give my love to your wife and kid and everything too, brother. You got it, dude. All right, man. All right, man. Catch Bye. you guys later. You got it. Bye.
dark.